Okay, this is Rogue Table Talks, number 82. Uh, it's a solo edition, solo Thanksgiving edition, as Chad is traveling. And uh, I'm going to take uh, just a few minutes, abbreviated uh, session of Rogue Table Talks, uh, and talk about Thanksgiving, and talk about compassion, uh, and talk about how those things, I think, um, intertwine and uh, are related to one another. Uh, and it's going to be coming from uh, an episode in Luke chapter 7. Uh, and we'll see compassion, uh, a, a, an example of compassion, one example of compassion. And uh, we'll talk about kind of what goes into compassion, what's required maybe, and uh, how, what we, we can learn uh, about thankfulness, about compassion, uh, about our own stories and other people's stories uh, as well. Uh, and uh, let me just read Luke 7, 11 through 17 uh, as an entree to that. Uh, we read, soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. And as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. And he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier as they were that they were carrying him on. And the bearer stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Now, it's a pretty remarkable picture, uh, portrait here, where you have uh, basically two crowds coming together. A small crowd, Jesus and his disciples, or a smaller probably crowd, and a large crowd, as it's described, uh, was with him as well. And as he approached the gate, uh, a large crowd from the town was with her. So you've got Jesus and his, his group uh, of people that go with him and everywhere, and then a larger group of people that are sort of uh, along for the ride, if you will, along to see what Jesus will do next. And there's a large crowd coming out of this town that are approaching, uh, and they approach each other. And Jesus then sees... Uh, the, the, this woman and the predicament she's in. Uh, the only son, uh, her only son is dead uh, and she's a widow. So she's without uh, family, her immediate family appears to be dead. And uh, that that's a tragic situation in, in any culture, but in that culture, it, it left her probably without support, uh, relational support, financial support. And when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. Uh, and I think that's the first thing that we see about compassion, true compassion, uh, is seeing what's really there. Uh, that's necessary for compassion. To see beneath the surface, to see what's actually there and not explain it away or minimize it or try to tell some happy story about it. 
Uh, you know, Jesus does none of those things. He sees the tragic situation as a tragic situation and then steps into it because it's a, a tragic situation. And there's a part of us in our culture, we want to say we're fine. Uh, I'm fine. It's not that bad. You know, I'll make it, I'll get over it, whatever. And uh, probably that that leads us to say that about someone else. It's really fine, or it will be fine, or, um, you know, she's going to be okay. And it might be true that she's going to be okay, but that doesn't mean that it's fine. Uh, it's still a tragedy. It's a tragic situation. Uh, and I think it's, when it's really hard and seeing what is really hard as something that's really hard, then that's where compassion starts. And uh, even helping the other person see this is a really difficult, hard, tra tragic, painful situation. Uh, because otherwise you don't need compassion because it's not that bad. Or it's bad, but it'll be better. And you sort of dull the need for uh, compassion. Uh, so feeling the depth, seeing the depth, and feeling the depth of what's really there. Not explaining it away uh, and not, uh, you know, callousing yourself uh, by saying things like, instead of saying it's fine or it's going to be fine, we might say, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of bad things happen in this world. Uh, everybody's got a sad story, uh, which are, you know, two true statements, uh, but that doesn't, uh, that, that's a way of not addressing the real tragedy that's right in front of us, typically. Uh, and so Jesus does uh, have neither of those things. And I think those things off, off also play into thankfulness. That when we, um, when we even out the, the low places, we tend to even out the higher places, or we just don't see what's in front of us. We don't see uh, what we are blessed with. Uh, we take it for granted. And those two things, I think, go together. Um, having compassion for people who are going through a difficult time, true compassion should have some bearing on how thankful I am uh, for not going through a similar time at the moment, for being thankful for who is in my life uh, as she has lost everyone in her life in this, in this instance. Uh, and when we're not thankful, my guess is we're not that compassionate. Uh, and my guess is that um, we probably aren't necessarily people of hope or grace as much as we should be as well. Uh, because compassion is, uh, and thankfulness sort of go hand in hand with this hope of the resurrection and the redemption of all things as the central promise for everything. That one day, instead of saying it's going to be fine, uh, we, can, we know that one day everything will actually be restored. And because we know that, and because we have hope of that, we can have compassion in the moment for things that are just not, not like that. Uh, and so you see this, these two crowds, uh, if you will, um, the Lord of life and this, this crowd around a dead person meeting each other. You see this compassion moving to action, which is uh, another element of, of real compassion that it, it, it should cause us to step in, step toward something. Um, and you see 
Jesus doing that. And uh, you know, it's, it's remarkable. It says he speaks to the dead man, young man, the man who's dead. Uh, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. It's just, it's a resting language uh, that um, says something about death not being the end of all things. Jesus can legitimately speak to him while he's dead uh, uh, because his body's dead. His spirit is not. And you see compassion, you see hope. And it's a metaphor for this hopeful look at uh, the future when all will be uh, resurrected. Uh, in John 5, uh, not long after, I think, the, uh, the episode where he asked the man to be well, if he wants to be well that we talked about uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Jesus says very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to also have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. And so you see, this is exactly what's happening here. And the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Uh, and that is a picture of salvation. Those spiritually dead hear the voice uh, of God by the Holy Spirit, the voice of Jesus calling uh, to us, and we cross over from death to life. This young man crosses over from death to life physically, uh, and we see the, the, the same promise uh, is held out to all of us. Those of us who are followers of Christ have crossed over from death to life spiritually. And it's the same, uh, I think there's part of the same impulse where Jesus sees the tragedy of our situation. Uh, the, the tragedy of being spiritually dead. And he is, his heart goes out to us and he has compassion for us. And he steps forward in his compassion. He comes to earth. Uh, he uh, shows us what the kingdom is like, who the, who the father is, what the father is like, what the kingdom is like, uh, what it means to follow him, what life really should be like. Uh, he then dies for our sins and, and, and rises again to call us uh, over from death to life. He, he goes from death to life, to call us from death to life. And so you see the compassion of God move to action, not uh, patting us on the head and saying it's going to be fine, because without that, it isn't going to be fine. The reality is we need to pass from death uh, to life. And uh, I think that's a situation where, again, the more we realize that the tragedy of our fallenness, the tragedy of our sin, the self-inflicted tragedy um, that we often live in, uh, we, when, we, when we see that, we can see God's compassion and grace to us, and we can have compassion and grace to others, and we can have thankfulness, true thankfulness to him because we were truly lost. There was nothing we could do to um, pull ourselves up from our bootstraps, to, you know, to, to improve our life, uh, to do anything, he had to move uh, to us, and that's and for that we can be truly thankful. 
And uh, in a sense, Thanksgiving, the holiday, uh, is a real thing. We're thankful for all he has provided uh, for us physically. Uh, but also we can be thankful uh, that he has brought us from death uh, to life. And um, with that, um, I kind of want to talk, talk just briefly about death uh, and uh, uh, an idea that we, we look away from or surprises us somehow, um, even though um, it happens to all of us. And I think there's a reason, a good reason for that, that we were wired for life. Death is an intruder. Death is part of the tragedy of our fallen situation. It shouldn't be. Uh, people shouldn't die, uh, but everyone does because of the fallenness that comes from sin. Uh, and so we have this, this surprising reality of death that somehow keeps sneaking up on us, even though it happens to everyone. And everyone that we know, uh, you know, unless the Lord returns before then and ends this age, uh, is, is, has died or will die. Uh, and I think this pandemic that we're in, people's responses to it, I think are interesting because I think, I think some people maybe overplay, uh, this and are driven to extreme fear and some people completely underplay it and it's nothing it's fine when no obviously a couple hundred thousand people more than normal have died that's a real thing um and you know what do we do how do we think of death and i think it partly relates to how we think of this resurrection that uh when we hear the voice of the son of god we will not be judged but we will cross over from death to life. And when that happens, we will still physically die. Uh, but that physical death has a completely different meaning that it's still a tragedy. Uh, it's still sad uh, for those who, have, who are left behind. Death is still something to be mourned and grieved, the, the departure of the person. Uh, but for those of us who uh, perhaps have lost people who are part of the, of God's kingdom, God's church, uh, grieving is for us. Uh, we don't have to grieve for them, uh, because, uh, they have left, they have passed from death to life. Uh, we grieve their absence and we long to be reunited in the redemption of all things, but it's fundamentally a different sort of, of, grie of grieving. Uh, and then, uh, I will be resurrected. I live in the hope of my own resurrection. And spiritual transformation is just a precursor of that resurrection that is to come. And then if I'm going to live in that hope, I have to feel the depth of my own need, feel the depth of my sin, feel the depth of my need for God's compassion, be thankful for it, wait in hope, participate in that resurrection through spiritual habits, uh, and participate in the redemption of all things through small and large scale things bring com God's compassion to the, to, uh, to the lives of others and to not, uh, allow my compassion to be shortcut by my avoiding it, my minimizing it, my looking away. Uh, and when I do that, I don't have that much to offer, uh, to those around us when it comes to Christ-like presence and compassion. Um, and I think that's, um, 
just what I'm thinking about, what I'm pondering as we look at this passage and as we know Jesus through seeing his compassion. Uh, that's uh, hopefully that will help. Um, it will help you have uh, perhaps a different perspective on uh, Thanksgiving, on compassion, on resurrection, on life, on death, and a, a new appreciation for the grace and peace that we have in the gospel. Uh, so with that, happy Thanksgiving, grace and peace to all. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.